When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to start off today uh, w- with something I haven't done before. Um, bear with me. To my longtime subscribers, this is going to seem totally crazy, and I promise it's not, okay? Um, bear with me, and, and I'll explain more afterwards. But I want to start off with explaining or telling what I'm going to tell here, okay? I, I want to relay um, a dream, a dream I had. This was a matter of weeks ago, a few weeks ago. And, um, well, I'll just get into it. I, I don't want to interpret it. I don't want to give any more... I don't want to preface it or qualify it with anything else. I just want to start off with it. So here's what it was. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, I had a dream. I was outside, okay? I was in a snowy area, okay? And sometimes in dreams, you, you get context. You have a context that, that may not make sense. It's just something that you feel, you know, for instance, um, in other dreams, I think we've all had ones where, where there's somebody that their face doesn't look like the person you know it's supposed to be, but in the dream, for whatever reason, you know that that's your brother or your whatever. Okay. In this dream, I had the context that for some reason was placed in my mind ahead of time that I was standing in Alaska and it could be wrong, but that's what it was. And in the sky, okay, I was outside snowy landscape and in the sky were, were dozens and dozens of aircraft, military aircraft, fighters, mostly, um, flying around. Uh, they were scrambled, right? They were literally quite literally scrambled. They were all over the place, flying all over the place as though they had been scrambled for a reason. I got the sense that there was, there might've been an alarm going on, but I got the sense that they were looking for something that they were in the sky for a reason. And as time progressed, uh, and as, as these planes were looking at, and I kind of started feeling like, what are they looking for? They better find whatever they're looking for. Uh, this big lumbering aircraft, big um, military aircraft, but not a fighter, like a, like a big bomber or something like that. Big bulbous shape sort of uh, uh, comes into view. And and I get the sense of en- uh, immediately that these planes, that's what they're looking for. That's why they were scrambled. But but as it approaches, one by one, they're, they're unable to locate it or unable to shoot it down. They, they miss or they just can't find it. And this plane is getting closer and closer to whatever its target is. I don't know what that would be, but, but it's getting closer and closer to its target. You know, this plane kind of coming from the West to Northwest heading kind of East, Southeast. And, and as it, um, and as time progresses, these planes keep missing until finally one plane closer to me that I'm watching, um, fires, uh, two air to air missiles and it strikes the plane and, and it immediately, um, you know, crashes to the ground in a big burning wreck. And, and I immediately got the sense that, that something bad had happened. The whole time I was cheering on these planes, including the, the one that had finally fired those two missiles, uh, to, to shoot down whatever this was that they were trying to, to find. Uh, but once it had crashed, I got the sense that a mistake had been made, um, that this plane wasn't supposed to have been shot down or else that, uh, shooting it down had started something that was, was not good. Um, now some added context, um, that I think is important. These planes in the sky, 
what was interesting about them was the plane that was successful in shooting down this this target um, was was a distinctly American design. I couldn't say for sure it was an American plane, but it was an American design, F-16, F-18 um, type of F-15 type of design. The other aircraft planes, though, most of them, if not all of them, were not. They were of a very distinct well, I mean, like a triangular design, bizarre for, for the U.S., not triangular like a B-2 or an F-117, but, you know, after looking more on the internet, much more similar to like a, if you look like a Eurofighter Typhoon or a Saab Gripen or a Dassault Raphael, a lot of Euro European fighter jets. Um, and, and that's about it as far as context goes. Now, this sounds like crazy, right? Um, because this is not what I, this is not what my channel is about. It's not what I want to make it about either. Um, but it is something that, that I think is a, for me, it was impactful, something that has stuck in my mind and I think has become more relevant as it would appear, uh, Russia is getting closer to potentially staging an invasion of, of Ukraine. Um, such an invasion would probably up the, the tensions between the United States NATO and Russia to the highest level you know, since the Cold War. Um, certainly higher than their, than their, you know, when they invaded Crimea or, or Georgia or other events like those. Um, probably the highest since the Cold War. And, and, you know, I don't want to get into, so, so why do dreams matter to me? I mean, I think most dreams are just that. They're just a dream. They're, they're nothing more than that. Um, and yet, you know, I do believe in supernatural things. I'm a Christian, right? And, and the Bible has told of, you know, it's given examples of times in which dreams are meaningful, that they mean something, that they can be interpreted to either give somebody, help somebody make the right decision or else to foretell some future event, right? And again, what I'm explaining here can just be just that, it's just a dream. Um, I thought it may be something that would be interesting for each of you to hear, even if, if, even if in your mind, you're not the type to, you're the skeptic because I am too. When I hear people come on and tell their dreams, I'm a skeptic too. And, and t truth be told, I'm, I'm skeptical about my own dreams really meaning anything for the most part. Um, and yet it seems timely. Um, it seems relevant to current events in Europe and, and, and in Ukraine. Now, with this dream contextually being in Alaska, was I wrong? Maybe I'm in Ukraine and these planes are not coming from, from you know, across the Bering Strait into Alaska. Um, that would maybe make sense, especially with the presence of so many European fighter jets there. I don't know. Um, but what I do know is that it's, like I said, made an impact on me. And, and I think it's something I wanted to share. And weeks or months from now, it's very well could mean absolutely nothing. But But it's something I want to get out there anyways. Now, what the heck does this have to do with silver and gold? The dream itself, probably nothing. But, but what I'm talking about here, as far as the, the, the tensions between Russia and NATO, I think are absolutely relevant to silver and gold. I, I think that a war with, with Russia, it, it's not, it would not necessarily be an all or nothing ordeal. What I mean by that is either it's going to happen and all of NATO and the U.S. are just going to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Russia and maybe China. It's going to be a World War III or it's not going to happen at all. Um, I don't think that is in the best interest of either party. And yet a hot war, probably conventional warfare, 
obviously with some unconventional elements, guerrilla warfare, you know, asymmetric, I guess would be the term in Ukraine or in Eastern Europe is very possible. Um, in fact, it would, you know, if recent reports are, are to be believed, it would seem pretty likely in the coming weeks or months that Russia is planning an invasion of Ukraine, uh, probably to occupy and instill their own government. Um, and I'm not going to get into the politics of any of that, um, because I think there's a lot of bias on both sides of the media, whether you're, you know, watching, um, CNN or, or RT. Uh, but I think such an event could be a major catalyst for silver and gold. And it hasn't gotten the attention that it deserves. Once you delve into this and once you go beyond just the, the headline news or the news reports from the big agencies and actually follow uh, people on Twitter or, or elsewhere that have been following these events and have been cataloging, for instance, the massive amounts of armor that, that Russia has been moving into Belarus, uh, or, or, um, a lot of the other reports from, from people that go beyond just the surface. I mean, if you just read a, a, a story from, from most mainstream media outlets on either side of the, you know, political spectrum, most are going to give a very vague overhead of the events and not really go in depth. And, 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 and I'm certainly no expert on the issue, nor am I an expert on Eastern politics, uh, Eastern European geopolitics, but I think that it warrants our attention. And I think it would be something that would be timely. Okay. What I mean by that is that a significant conventional war between NATO and Russia that is relegated to Ukraine, maybe some other Eastern European countries hopefully wouldn't spiral out of control. Hopefully what I was referring to there in that, um, dream, um, is it doesn't happen, right? That we don't, um, that they don't send some bomber after us or that we don't make some mistake by, by taking such bait, or I don't know what, again, I don't know exactly what that would mean, but, but that it doesn't spill beyond that theater, but, but such a war, um, would be pretty significant. Um, it'd be a much bigger deal than, than Russia's invasion of Crimea or of Georgia. Uh, it would, I think it would cause NATO to react accordingly. I think there'd be a lot of people in a lot of NATO countries and a lot of central and Eastern European countries that would want to act. I think the U S and, and the UK have shown some willingness to respond militarily to something like that. And I think it could serve as a very good, excuse for whether it's Biden or the Federal Reserve for uh, an economic collapse of some sorts or an economic reset. That may be a better term. Um, it, it would be an economic collapse, but I think the term reset would be a better application of it because I think that, that it's pretty clear that, that if an economic collapse were to ever occur, you know, the powers that be would, would, have some inkling that that it was already a possibility ahead of time and they would have, you know, a replacement, a reset in, in store. Um, and, and, and if it were to happen, I mean, let's, let's explore some of the impacts on, on the global economy. I mean, first off, the U S has said, um, that, that sanctions against Russia would be swift. Now that's, that's something, that's a term they've used multiple times and it's intentional. Swift refers to the, you know, the dollar denominated payment system that Russia is currently a part of. Um, but if they were to be removed from it, well, 
well, the U.S. opinion at least would be that it would damage them economically and financially. Is that the case? Well, I mean, when you add all the other sanctions that that the EU and and U.S. and probably quite a few other states would would place on Russia, they might be not doing a whole lot of dollar or even euro denominated trade, anyways. Right, a lot of it would be denominated in rubles or yuan. Um, there would be a lot of other economic san- sanctions, though. I wouldn't be surprised if there was an export ban on on Russian uh, fossil fuels, uh, natural gas, which have which would have a huge impact on on Europe. Um, we, we would, you know, contingency contingency plans are already probably being created, but but huge amounts of natural gas uh, would have to be delivered to to Europe at an enormous cost relative to to what Russia can provide it at. Uh, their crude oil supplies um, that would, you know go to China or elsewhere. Uh, maybe not a lot of these countries that, that would be involved in this. And, and that may have a smaller impact. Russia is a huge exporter of oil. Um, but, but if, you know, that instead goes to China and it, it would, it'd be disruptive, make no mistake. But I think some of that deficit could be picked up by, you know, Middle Eastern countries or even shale oil here in the United States temporarily and, and with enough, you know, debt behind it. Um, additionally, you know, China would, would be able to pick up a lot of that oil from from Russia if that were to happen um, but but otherwise you know economically speaking I think it would cause a huge shock to the you know financial system uh, I think pretty quickly uh, the Federal Reserve would would wind down their quantitative tightening program um, they would start walking back rate hikes on the basis of you know increased geopolitical issues. Now, is that the case? Uh, I mean, I think that would be, I guess, warranted if that was the case. I, I think the, f- the fact of the matter is that they would, that they're already going to be walking back those things at some point anyways, especially after some of the weak- recent weakness that we have seen in the U.S. markets. Uh, President Biden, uh, his, his Twitter account, the POTUS account, uh, tweeted actually just, uh, just today, sorry, yesterday, actually, Here's the deal. America is the only leading economy in the world where the economy as a whole is stronger than before the pandemic or economic plans are working. That's, uh, you know, entirely false. That's not true at all. Our economy is not stronger now than it was back then. And, and we've been saddled with a lot more debt along the way. And, and that's going to make any tightening almost impossible without a, a full blown crash of the market and probably the economy as well. And so I think something like this could be a, totally a catalyst for easing from the federal reserve, uh, potentially stimulus from the U S government. And of course, war over the short term is, you know, there's quite a bit of stimulus created by that, by all that spending. And, and in pretty short order, um, we, we, we could be in store for, for a pretty significant economic reset. Um, whether that's a high amount of inflation or, or the integration of some other, you know, um, digital bank uh, created cent- uh, um, cryptocurrencies or digital currencies. Uh, I mean, using war as as a as a guise for that. I mean, those types of things have been done before, and and I fully would expect them to be done again. Um, furthermore, I mean, silver and gold would would I think thrive in this environment. And that's unfortunate because you never want to say silver and gold are going to go up because of war because, well, war sucks and a lot of people die along the way. But 
the inflation that we would experience, the easing from the Federal Reserve, the huge amount of capital in, in a lot of European countries or, or even elsewhere around the world that would flow into silver and gold as a safe haven asset would be huge. It'd be huge for silver and gold. I could easily see gold over $3,000, silver over $50 in the span of a couple weeks, right? If this continued to to spiral out of control. Um and, and if Russia were, were not to back down. Now, now there's a lot of other things that we could say could also come off this. Uh, a Chinese invasion of Taiwan is on a lot of people's minds that the two, um, countries could, could carry out those operations together. I don't know if that would ever happen. Um, but it's certainly a possibility and it would leave the U.S. military in a difficult spot because now we have to project power to, you know, Eastern Europe and the, uh, Western Pacific. Uh, it's hard enough to do just one of those things, let alone both at such a large scale. Um, but, but, but I think it's something that each, each person that is doesn't want. So, so here's where I'm going with this. A lot of people will rule this out, even in, even in the, you know, um, community that, that I would be a part of, like the alternative financial media, right, would rule this out and say, it's probably not going to happen. It's not something we have to worry about. And I understand the sentiment, but I think it it is a sentiment that can be dangerous, not unlike the sentiment among many in in mainstream financial circles that would say things like hyperinflation will never happen, right? An economic reset, that never happen. Uh, the dollar collapse or the loss of the dollar reserve currency, not in my lifetime, right? Uh, those types of things, I think many of us could agree, are, are equally dangerous assumptions to make. And, and even if such an outcome is less than likely, you know, less than 50% chance of happening, even less than 10%, even if it's just like an 8% chance, you know, that's arbitrary, but an 8% chance of, of hyperinflation or of a significant, you know, conventional war between NATO and Russia in the coming months, that's pretty significant in my eyes because of the, the ramifications of such an outcome, right? Um, if, if I were to say there's an 8% chance that, you know, uh, pick a, pick a conflict, there's an 8% chance that, um, Bashar al-Assad, you know, the, the dictator of Syria is going to ramp up his, his efforts to, to get rid of what remaining, you know, rebel forces there are in Syria. Uh, would, okay. Would that have a significant outcome or significant impact on things like the global economy, precious metal? Not, not really. Right. But when you have a relatively unlikely, um, event that would have a massive impact on the global economic system, the global, you know, social order, whatever, then that's something you have to consider the possibility of, even if, you know, there's only 10% chance of it happening or 20% chance of it happening. And, and I think, uh, many experts, well, many experts are saying that it is likely that it's just greater, greater than 50% chance of, of, you know, war in Eastern Europe, um, war between at least the Russian Ukraine, uh, if not Russia and, and its proxies and, and NATO and its proxies. And, you know, it's, it's a concerning, it's a worrisome, um, event. 
<laughs> were that to happen, uh, it would be catastrophic in many ways. Um, but it's something that regardless of, of whether we like the idea of it or not, it's something that we have to have on our radar and something to pay attention to. And it's something that, uh, like it or not, would be a huge catalyst for silver and gold. So as always, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this down below in the comment section. Um, let me know what your thoughts are on this. Uh, on on uh, war between Russia and, and Ukraine or Russia and, and NATO. Let me hear what your thoughts are on on uh, what that would mean for the global economy, for, for silver and gold. But as always, I'd like to thank each and every one of you uh, from the bottom of my heart for, for tuning into today's podcast, and God bless.